Mayor, we were doing it in 2010. So I don't know yeah. when he started his, but that's oh, when, yeah. when we started 2010 or maybe the end of 2009. So I don't know. I think it was end. Of, I think it was in 2009 even because we I was were, living in Oakland and that's when I moved there. That's when we started doing it. So that's yeah. when I moved there. Yeah. And okay. then, of course, our rotating locations. Yeah, and at the Sphinx, still my favorite. Yeah, oh, by the way, I don't have a cam, but I do want to say, I do want to verify, I am wearing a thick cloak right now, as I generally do for most podcasts. Oh, yeah, because while well, we are dealing with the Sid Barrett of podcasting, very reclusive. <laughs> um, Pentagram of blood, all that stuff. It's that's there. right. Uh, so what I, what I should do now is I should do the intro. We good? Stoked. Stoked. Definitely. Stoked. This is going to be something else. Hello and welcome to A Vague Idea. This is a comedy trivia podcast. I'm Nate Regolia. Each week, we subject our guests to a list of topics to find out if they have a vague idea. And this week, we have uh, one returning guest and one entirely new guest, uh, but two real podcast um, groundbreakers, uh, tastemakers, um, shatterers of the digital ceiling that mm. stood between um, people's phones and computers and other people talking about things that they liked for periods of time. Mm. Uh, really, the spiritual forefathers of this podcast, without their oh. work, wow. uh, I don't know that this podcast would even exist, well. nor would any podcast exist. I mean, I, I think it could be argued that <laughs> That, that's true uh, yeah yeah no that's fair that's absolutely fair i think i think uh the <laughs> likes of scott ackerman um mark Marin, um uh, you know your your various npr personalities really should probably be paying royalties to my two guests for this week's show and uh, one of those guests is is Michael J. O'Connor, who I will call Mikey for the rest of the show, but that's something right. I can do, not you listeners, so do not do it. <laughs> well, Mikey, certainly welcome not, back. Thank you, and certainly not my son, Ira Glass. Yeah, because that's where he got the, the gray hair streak. That's where he, he got the gave, idea, the, idea for everything. The idea yeah. for everything, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. He was like, what is this American life? And you were like, <laughs> that's a show, dude. That's a thing. And he was like, oh, everything's falling into place. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Mikey, welcome back to the show. You're, uh, Thanks, buddy. you're not on fire, which is wonderful news. Hopefully yes. you won't be on fire by the time this episode releases. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It's no, hard it's to tell anything at this point. It's true. Yeah. No, as, as, as it stands, it's, it's pretty, we're good. We're good to go. Yay. Well, welcome yeah. back. Thanks, buddy. Um, uh, our other guest, your co-host on the podcast that I will name after I introduce your co-host is, uh, Jared Horney, Jared, uh, what is sorry. my <laughs> sorry? What was what was that? What was his last name? I just think that we should go back and make sure that you say what his so everyone can hear. I I, I, just, I can't even believe it. I can't because even go ahead. Okay, most well, people well, are going to be like, he didn't say that. That's gonna, a fake name. We're going to rewind yeah. the tape real quick, 
Okay. <laughs> this, this is all real to real recording, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. real, all real to real. Um, <laughs> Very expensive to, to, to archive these. <laughs> it's a huge waste of money. <laughs> There, there is a, a Raiders of the Lost Ark style warehouse full of crates of, <laughs> yeah. yes. of real-to-real tape of this podcast. Because um, I record every single uh, octave on a different right. reel. It's crazy. Sure. It's, it's, it's an 8,400 track recording. Um, My God. Which is why the sound quality is so crisp. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, get ready. This is going to be the one that you hide away. Yeah. This is the one that your parents forget about. Just yeah. don't look, Mary. Just don't look. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jared Horney is, is our other guest. Jared Horney. Uh, Jared, yeah. welcome back to the show. Welcome. Thank you for welcoming me back, back, even though I've never... No, no, not at all. But, but I it feel feels like I'm like, here in the spirit. Yeah. You know? I would say a welcome back to being in, a, in the context of a podcast with Michael J. O'Connor. That is something that we are both very familiar with. And you, Nate, obviously, just to give the audience a, a little bit more of an idea, because while you gave us a, what I would say was a fairly tame introduction, but we can talk about that later, maybe push it, you know, blow it up a little more. Uh, you <laughs> we, we can do another podcast. Take. Sure. Just maybe talk a little bit more about how important our podcast was and us as people, you know. Just oh, in general, yeah. Yeah, Shoot, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, didn't, I kind of I felt like you passed about... over... Yeah, you yeah. kind of breezed path on. But Nate Regolia, uh, your host, I'm talking to the listeners now, is uh, uh, he hosted uh, each of our, our uh, silly podcasts um, on his, his site, Gaslander Media. He also wrote uh, wonderful synopsises, which the real yeah, I look, for, I look was, forward to those every, yeah, every time. <laughs> yeah, I was actually citing the other day when he did the GBV one, which I felt was one of his more venomous barbs that I really enjoyed. But uh, the synopsis also, the implication is that he listened to the whole hour. That's which, the thing. God oh, yeah. bless. Yeah. Ugh. And what's funny is your podcast was called It's a Thing. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, listeners, if, if you want, it's possible you could still probably find those on my Gas Lantern Media website, mm-hmm. gaslanternmedia.com, uh, which I don't update <laughs> anymore, but those, those episodes of the show are there. Um, and, and one of the, 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 this is not pertaining to the game because we haven't even gotten into what we're going to talk about today, but I have a, a pre-opening question for you, a, a trailer question, as it were, mm. and, and that is, when will you uh, finally take a lawsuit to Mr. Alec Baldwin for his Here's the Thing podcast, mm-hmm. which is clearly, clearly mm-hmm. a ripoff of It's a Thing. Mm-hmm. There, have well, been, there have been several, we're in several litigations mm-hmm. with several people um, over several continents. Yeah. It's a thing, honestly, from the start, one thing we made sure was to have an extremely high-powered legal team. Uh, lots of suits. Uh, the other thing, too, is when we talk about what I feel is one of the main issues is what Nate mentioned is copyright infringement, is that Alec Baldwin also calls himself Michael J. O'Connor on the podcast, which I feel is like... I just think that you can't get more obvious than that. Right. I yeah. feel like it's it's has to be, at that point, intentional. Right? It's really on yeah. the nose. Because it's He's also like, come us. on, Alec Baldwin. Like, you don't need to try to, like... Well, right. and it, you're, you're trying to act up a, up a tier, like you, mm. stay, play in your league, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, stay in it, your lane, bro. It wouldn't be so bad if he wasn't so whiny and weeping all the time. It's insulting that he really plays up the character so much because <laughs> I don't think I'm like that. I don't, I don't think I'm like that. I don't think Are I you? whine like that. <laughs> Are you crying right now? On the, <laughs> I'm looking at your video. And I just it looks don't like think that. No, you're absolutely right. 
You're absolutely right. So what's fun about It's a Thing is that the first half hour is off the air and it is emotional management for both of us, <laughs> mainly Mikey. Uh, by the time we get on, we sound all happy, but uh, let me tell you, we, we, we get it out beforehand. That's right. Uh, yeah, something important thing, for people to know is, is yeah. It's a Thing was the most expensive podcast ever created because of the oh, aforementioned legal team, the mm-hmm. emotional wranglers, absolutely. and then the, the travel expenses because you oh. would record in Paris, you would record uh, on uh, in the Himalayas, I think Mount Everest maybe was one of the yep. locations. Uh, <laughs> well, all... we had to, if you remember, we had to significantly scale it down at one point, and it was a, what was it? It was a middle school. Towards the end, it was a middle school gymnasium in the middle closet. of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but when we were at our, our peak, I feel when we were crushing it and we were getting sponsorships left and right, all that. Uh, but still, I think my favorite, it was the head of the Sphinx that then would open up and we would broadcast it. And I think uh, <clears throat> I think that was the same episode where you said that forced nuns to listen to it. And Nate called it in his synopsis what I feel our podcast maybe should have been called from the get go, which was the new sterility. Mm. <laughs> what i remember most about that episode though was that it ushered in the arab spring in egypt which i thought was it did. A <laughs> historical moment. It did. that was us. and also uh that was our cheapest one so there yeah. were expensive ones too we yeah. went to i mean we went to atlantis and what you remember how they found were it cab- found it went to it set out a podcast there were cable cars in atlantis if you remember you <laughs> yes you could yeah so really the podcast was a, a, an emotional and financial roller coaster. A um, lot of exciting locations, a lot of things covered, a uh, lot of music played, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, you can. F- I, I sometimes will go back and revisit them at the aforementioned gaslanternmedia.com, uh, and it's like visiting an old friend because, well, that's exactly what it is. So, yeah, we're we're at some point. I have all of them thanks to Nate because he he has kept them all these years. Uh, but uh, I have all of them, and and we're at some point going to host them somewhere, and they'll all they'll all be available. Cool. And don't forget also the uh, another groundbreaking thing. No one else had done this before. Was a live version of it's a thing. Which, if I recall correctly, tell me if this is correct. Wall to wall people. Wait. That is. On. That is, I'm getting, I got. I just got handed some notes. Did you get handed some notes? <laughs> yeah, so a guy in a suit walked in. Let me check. Wait, because you were just saying how many, like how packed the show, live, right? But the two I live shows do, we did with. Yeah, I need to retract that. It looks like from these notes, it looks like hmm, uh, your parents one night. Yeah, they uh, were there. And th- hang on, that has to standing be room only. Standing on. room only. Well, they were standing for a, a bit, but then they yeah. Said, hang on, I'm going. I'm leafing through a bunch of blank note cards. This can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it looks like no one else was there. But you know what? Right. It, and I, what I remember, and I will champion Mikey for this as sort of a thing of inspiration was, we did our first episode of It's a Thing Live, which was at the Exit Theater, and it was during the, what week was it, Mikey? It was the. Um, it's just like a part of. We were part of a big festival, and 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 we did a really big. Okay, I, I was we should preface. It was uh, not Sketchfest, but oh, it was okay. uh, it was a similar kind of more local like theater festival, and 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 I don't want to make it seem like like it was anyone's fault but ours. Oh, that, I mean, yeah. Well, I right. mean, I think I think the truth is is that Alec Baldwin, dressed as mm-hmm. his character, the Shadow, who is known yes. for being invisible, and uh-huh. he was yes. able to make the entire massive crowd invisible and silent during your performance. Um, which is just yet more evidence for the class action suit against him. And thank you, Nate. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Nate. Um, just as, just going forward though, because of an NDA and some other legal stuff, we actually can't really talk. I about recognize it. it's an ongoing case, and I probably shouldn't speak more about it. Um, just yeah. you know, for for legal purposes, let's say Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, Got air, watertight. 
<laughs> nothing's, nothing's getting past that. <laughs> but it's a thing live you can also find online. But Mikey, I think that's on your yeah, it's on Vimeo. You, if you yeah. if you search uh, if you search, it's a thing, the greatest show that no one saw. That we made a little documentary about it, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty bleak. It's so the thing I love. So we did the first live show. We we were reserved for two weekends, right? They're all set up. We do it. No one's there. Well, Mikey's parents, God bless them. And um, so then we're on the rooftop of the job we worked at. We both worked at the same company and we're just up there on the roof overlooking San Francisco. And we're both a little, not upset, but I mean, we, we really took failure right in the face. Um, it had gone poorly that first weekend. There was, there was very much, very much empty. And we, we were like, gosh, like, should we even, you know, why even bother? Why even do this next one? And uh, I'm going to credit Mikey for, um, I think this idea was just, no, you know what, like, let's do it and have fun with it. And let's explore this whole, let's zoom out a little bit and just look at the process of trying to make a show that nobody came to, which then, <clears throat> so we hit the streets, we got live footage, we got, we got footage upon footage. And uh, it's just an adventure of two lads just trying to make a dent in the world of entertainment. You know? And that's how you both won the, uh, the 2014 Palm d'Or. Mm-hmm. That it's was, true. Mm-hmm. And you know I, what, though? Honest, it, it pales in comparison to my Junos. You have a lot. You have true. a lot. It's true. I, I think for me... Literally, was, Ellen Page is sitting on the shelf next to all the Junos, too. Which she's is there. Weird. She cleans them while she's here. It's great. That's I mean, awesome. She, she comes with it. She comes with a Juno. It's got yeah. a little burger phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine was when, uh, when Obama called us, but we weren't taking calls anymore on the on the show so we yes. had to hang up on him but i was like you know what but he did try and call and that's what's important. he did that's what's important mm-hmm. speaking well, of important this podcast is important enough about us <laughs> this whole thing <laughs> sorry nate wasn't yeah. gonna go badly no no what an elegant transition because i was about to jump in and, and put my foot down but i don't yeah, have thank to you now. thank you this week on this podcast we're gonna talk about music which was a centerpiece to mm. it's a thing as well as something that both of, well, all three of us, let's, I'm not going to exclude myself. We all love music, don't we? Um, we do. Uh, even some of the listeners might love music. I fear. Weird. <laughs> that's, that's, that'd be weird. Now, I, I just want you guys to know, it is my understanding that music is becoming pretty popular these days. Really? Um, among the younger generations, but also among the older generations. Uh, so we're going to be talking about music today and, uh, I'm going to start with an opening question and Jared, we're going to start with you because you have never been here before. Uh, all right. I want you, uh, the opening question isn't so much a question as a, as a request. I want you to name an album that has special meaning for you and why. Sure. I actually had this conversation with another uh, music nerd in my proximity. Um, and I would say... Well, it's going to be, it's going to be two of them or like if I had to name the top three, right? Uh, one of those two would be My Bloody Valentine's Loveless. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The other one would be Saiga Rose, A Gatiss Byron. Um, I think, I mean, My Bloody Valentine's Loveless is a landmark. A lot of people know it. Um, for me, when I bought the CD at Blockbuster Music, I was put it in my, my Jetta CD player. Blockbuster Music? That's right. I don't think you guys even had them out, out in California. No, I've but, never heard uh, of that. Well, they, they turned into warehouse music. That, okay, we had that. Yeah, we okay, had that. Yeah. So I remember listening to it and just being like, what is this? This is awful. And then five days later, I couldn't put it down. But <clears throat> Saiga Rose is a gay aspirant. I will tell, I'll make it brief is that <laughs> uh, I read some little review about the album and I was like, oh, uh, this seems like something I'd like. I will order it. And when I got the album, it came during a snowstorm. Somehow the UPS guy got to our house and it came with a handwritten receipt. 
right? Uh, on the message boards for Cygros, this is before they, they got big. I mean, like I was with a group of eight other people. And what we did is there was about eight CDs, burned CDs of live shows and rarities and stuff. And you would, someone in this group would mail the package to you. You would rip all the CDs and then mail them to the next person on our little list. So we had like an old school, remember like, you know, like you'd be in a fan club for like REM and they'd send you like a seven inch record right. every month or something. So um, it was this really intimate thing, right? Like they were this little secret I had. And that day that I got a Gator Spider and I was late to work and I pulled into the parking lot. I was on time, but I just sat there in my car being like, what is this for like two more songs of theirs, which is probably about, you know, half an hour. But um, when I look at that album, I can see how it changed the trajectory of kind of what I was into at the time and how it influenced a lot of other stuff. That's one of my favorite questions for any person, actually. So thank you. Well, very That's good. Uh, that is like, wrong. Ah! Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Incorrect. You are. <laughs> so, Mikey, you, you name one. Na name an album that's important to you and why. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh I think just name uh, one of your own ones. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tough to parse through my back catalog, but I yeah, have I mean, so much high quality. There is no, no. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that uh, for me, uh, probably the one that always comes to mind when people ask me that would be the Glow Part Two by the Microphones, because really? yeah, for sure, because that one really like. Uh, kind of represented like a shift for me because I, I'd never heard it before. And I moved to San Francisco. I uh, just like graduated just to graduate or high school, <laughs> just graduated college, uh, uh, high school. And uh, I was, you know, 18 and my, I was always kind of scared of the city because I grew up like, uh, like 45 minutes away. And uh, you know, and I, your parents I, had told you the city eats children like you sure yeah no it was every night and yeah. it seems like a lot it seems like it's too much but they did it and they were right to do it so <laughs> i was always like a little bit like uh like scared of it and like kind of intimidated by it like i didn't like going there because it was always like when i'd go there it was on field trips uh you know and, and when i say the city i mean yeah san francisco uh but uh so like yeah i i but I'm, i had a couple friends who moved there and it really like kind of changed. Like I got to see how you could take the bus and I just felt like way more comfortable there by like visiting them. And so I moved there and just got an apartment with some guy like who needed a roommate and he left. Like I moved there right at the beginning of the summer, like right when I graduated high school and this guy went back to LA for the summer. Uh, and he, we just had like a two bedroom apartment on, on Divisadero. And he, this guy like uh, went home, he left all his stuff, like his record collection, everything. <clears throat> and one of them was the glow part two. And I just remember, like I was just had moved to this city. I knew like hardly anybody. And I was like in this like two bedroom apartment by myself. And I was just listening to that album over and over again. And it like changed kind of like how I like thought about music and how it like how it made me like think that music should make you feel like that's a new thing for me like uh that i've only kind of recently identifying but like music should make you feel a certain way and that's that what that's the first one i can pick like kind of think of that did that right on that's also wrong but very yeah. good <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh my, hey, out of curiosity what is what is the right answer is it raffi for both of us um it's, ba both? it's baby shark it's always no oh, uh, shark. They, yeah okay. no you you guys you you're both absolutely correct it's right? aha by steely dan isn't it yeah <laughs> i knew it um, fucking steely dan fucking the, every time 
the the album that that i would share which is not this is by no means my favorite album but it is one that has special meaning to me still is the the album gang of losers by the deers that came out in like 2006 um which is like a very sad sack sort of ensemble rock album it's sort of that's our brand so far yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah Yeah. but the beauty of it is like to, to to mikey's point it's it's an album that makes me feel a lot of things whenever I listen to it. And like, I, I sort of, so I'm so accustomed to the roller coaster of emotion that you ride by listening to the album, that it's, that it's really like a security blanket in a lot of ways. Um, it's one of those, it's one of those records where you like, I, I would listen to that mainly like when I still worked in Boulder and I would ride the bus back and forth between Denver and Boulder. And there were nights when it would, you know, it's, it's midwinter and it's dark at five o'clock and I'm sitting in the bus and I'm just seeing the, the cars on the highway lights and I'm staring out the window listening to this record and it's just perfectly sort of encapsulating everything I'm feeling about. What oh, am yeah. I doing? Where am I going? What does anything mean? Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind the of best. I would say, I would say that also, so Mikey and I, I mean, we know each other, I'd say pretty well. And in, yeah. certainly, eh, sort of, uh, musically, I would say definitely. So what I'm wondering, cause, okay. So I will say Mikey for you, when Nate asked you that question, I thought you were going to go uh, Springsteen is what I was thinking. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you, but I think I'm a little more of an open book in the sense that my music taste is bad. Did you think <laughs> that was going to be my answer or would like, or did you think Loveless was going to be my answer or something like that? I kind of, I mean, I couldn't say for like 100% certain, but if you gave me a list of five things and if Loveless and Cigarettes were on there, I would be like, it's those two. Mm, yeah. yeah. I, I probably wouldn't be that. able to like pull them out of thin air, but, but it makes sense. Sure. Which, and both of those are albums that you feel very, very actively too. I mean, one of the, and I mean that directly right. because one of the right. most physically punishing concerts I ever went to was going to see My Bloody oh, yeah. Valentine at mm-hmm. the, at the Ogden here. Um, and at one point, like, I think probably an hour into the show, I just had, I went into the bathroom and started just stuffing paper towel into yeah. my ears. Because oh, I was yeah. like, I, I am going to go deaf. This, this, Did you like, not oh, wear your plugs? I, yeah, I was oh, grossly buddy. unprepared. Um, yeah, they it wasn't handed good. them out. When I went and saw them in San Francisco, they handed them out at the door, but my one of my roommates at the time was a drummer, and he gave me these special earplugs. I got to wear those. Um, but I'm, that's amazing you got to see them at the Ogden, though. I remember when that they came to town, and I kept urging you, urging you to go do it and go see it. Yeah, it was great. Um, so both of you, excellent, excellent work on the opening question. I'm going to award you each two points. Hey. And now it's time for round one. And Mikey, we'll start with you. Oh, Mikey, God. do you have a vague idea about the Elephant Six Collective? Oh, yeah. Uh, I do. I do. The Elephant Six Collective is a group of wood nymphs. Who, <laughs> they all live out in the woods of Georgia in caves, and they make music with little tiny bongos and with... <laughs> little tiny cassette tapes and little little tiny microphones and they sing in little little tiny voices about like Anne Frank and uh you know like uh Franz Ferdinand shit like that that's the originally originally I thought you were talking about Bjork until the <laughs> yeah. Anne Frank bit yeah. <laughs> good good Jared what can you add about the Elephant Six Collective the Elephant Six it's actually it's it's a sad story and it ties into um contemporary uh, uh, perceptions of animal rights. Um, mm. There were six of them. And what was really a big, you ever seen the YouTube video where the, the elephant paints a picture of itself? 
it's it's beautiful it's a wonderful very moving thing but other elephants were like hey let's start a band and so they can count and they were like how many of us are there one two three four oh there's six of us great let's make a band uh the elephant six collective not really around anymore and the reason for that is three of them were sold off to barnum and bailey mm -hmm. and one of them uh actively brained during a circus show lots of kids there tons of kids uh that'll stick with you that was and the ivory dealer incident yeah yeah, everyone knows that. And so um, one of the elephants who was named Olivia Tremor Control. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a smooth. <laughs> and they all stayed at this one really cheap hotel, and I can't remember the name of it. But I think they made some music too. But the bottom line is that they have those big clumsy hooves. Or, uh, no, I'm sorry, excuse me. We'll edit that out later. Not hooves. Uh, yeah, you know, just legs. And you know, their music was awful. Just terrible. They called it sound collages, but really get fucked. Yeah. You're not get playing anything. You. Yeah. And in fact, some of them died. So yeah, they're, they're no longer with us. It's good. Sad. Wow. <laughs> All right. Wow. That was, yeah, elaborate. Um, yeah, the, the Elephant Six Collective uh, is also a recording company. Uh, that spawned a lot of in notable independent bands, including the Apples in Stereo, the Olivia Tremor Control, Neutral Milk Hotel, Biula, Elf Power of Montreal, The Minders, and Circulatory System. Yeah. They were was... founded here in Denver, Colorado, and then they're also in Athens, Georgia. Uh, hometown of R.E.M., too. That was a crazy scene, I guess, in the 90s. Yeah. Another band there also, I can't remember. And the B-52s. Really? Whoa. Or no, they're oh, from yeah. Savannah, Savannah, no, Georgia. But you are right in the sense that REM buddied up with them. I remember yeah. they had some some link or something like that. I love the B-52s. And what are elephants almost as big as? Uh, a whale! Oh! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and it's about uh, to set sail! Whale! <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, real good. Thank I would you. like to also remark that the Olivia Tremble Control remark is, Jared. now that I'm returning to podcasting, Jared. yeah. That was amazing. Well, what I would call it is one of my effortless segues. I forgot all about them. I forgot <laughs> oh, yeah. all about them. You have so many opportunities. Well, here's the deal is I'm a podcast recluse, and I think it's time. Nate, do we have a second to talk about kind of the circumstances here? Go ahead. Let's do it. I, how, Mike, how difficult I, this was? Well, no, it's just, and Mikey, I told you a little bit about it earlier, about a conversation Nate and I had had, and I feel I need to, to bring it out in the open, and that's that as a, a world-famous podcaster from the runaway hit it's a thing and then i retreated from the scene for years and this is actually the first podcast i've ever guested on and it was done through my manager so nate and i were talking about that oh you have a manager who is it what it yeah. basically comes down to is this guy's now stay stay with me <laughs> my manager <laughs> is my dead dog luca and right. so i have a ghost dog manager now you wow. might remember ghost dog with Forrest Whitaker, Ghost Dog Manager not the, the same direct, the direct video sequel, uh, oh. not popular. Yeah. yeah, so basically it's weird for me because most of the time my dog is in the ether, right? Like, but periodically he'll come out and be like, hey, we got, we booked you for this show. Where's my 10%? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does that. Well, it's more, yeah, <laughs> he says wolf like that, yeah. So I just, I just wanted to go ahead and, and put it out there that my, yes, I have a manager. Uh, he hasn't been that active, but it is a ghost dog manager, and I don't want anyone to freak out about it. Well, it's hard not to, mm. I think, first and foremost. Um, but I think I, I, I just want to say thank you so much, Jared, for finally coming out of your reclusive period. And kind I live of, in a, yeah, I live in a, in a tall house on a hill uh, with creaky doors. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Right. And you only go out, you only venture out to check the mailbox mm -hmm. and, and punch in the face people sitting in their cars waiting to take your picture. Whoa. 
yeah, or trying to seance my dog because to be like, hey, we need some money. We need work, but, right? Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nate, by the way, I appreciate you paying us both heartily for this appearance. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean this isn't something I can normally do, but you know, since <laughs> yeah. since we since I'm, I'm <laughs> since I'm in all of the lawsuits for it's a thing, like I figure it's you know it's gonna right. come back to me. It's, yeah, this is really pay. about that book, The Secret, and I'm just visualizing. <laughs> Nate's like, I want to be very clear that they are joking about that. <laughs> that is not something <laughs> I cannot be more clear. I... <laughs> this podcast runs in the red. That's right. Uh, <laughs> great. Thank you for affording me that time, Nate, please. <laughs> great work on Elephant Six Collective. I will award each of you two points. And nice. Mikey, it's your turn for round number two. Okay. Do you have a vague idea? about Matador Records. Yeah, Matador Records is a big hall uh, where uh, there, are, there are these big drawers. And in these big drawers are just stories and stories and stories and stories, pages and pages and pages of, uh, of some lost writings of Ernest Hemingway. Uh, but they're all about, it's just all, it's not even vague uh, allusions to his penis. I mean, it is graphic, mm-hmm. uh, just graphic. And and like, the thing is, is like, when he describes it, it's it's very much like you're like okay, like you, you he he he's comparing it to a bull, but it's like, dude, like we can see. And so like this is all like a, this is a big hall. It's in the Florida Keys. Somewhere. Well, yeah. and well, and, and yeah. to, to your point, I mean, there's a there's a huge uh, folio of 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 Polaroids of mm-hmm. Hemingway's erect penis on yeah. which he has drawn with marker bullhorns, bullhorns on the on the head of it. Absolutely, he would. He, he, he would. talks about this all the time, and people don't really know, but he actually had it pierced on the end with that little <laughs> that little ring. Yeah, yeah, a little Prince Albert. Yeah. In a can. Prince, Prince, yeah. oh, Prince Albert. Yeah, I always knew it as Prince Charles. Well, whatever. Prince Albert in a can. <laughs> <laughs> you better let him out. Yeah. Uh, but those it, are the Matador records. All right, Jared. Uh, anything to add about Matador records? I'm I'm gonna side partially. Uh, with Mikey here in that, uh, yes, it's in the Florida Keys. It is a series of large, dra- like comically oversized drawers. Like, right. you know, like it, it, like a giant would, would be like, oh, here are my set of drawers. But for us, it's just, it's ridiculous. But the reason they're there, there's, I think Mikey's talking about a different wing of oh. uh, Mat- of the Matador Records. Sorry, you said wang? I, you know, I could have, but I said wing. Thank you. Oh, um, okay. And uh, it, please don't correct me on air. It sickens me. So, oh, that's why we don't do this anymore. Oh, come on now. So the the um, but the, the what's in the drawers actually is, in fact, uh, a consistently updated uh, uh, archive of all of Bob Pollard's releases, which oh. include Guided by Voices. But the problem with these drawers and the reason they're so large, obviously, is they have sense. They've run out of room because Bob won't fucking stop it. And um, they have closed it. It used to be open for the viewing for, you know, in the public. And you can look at all these bullshit records that he made. Um, but they physically don't have space anymore. And so what they're actually doing, and this is true, is NASA is attaching uh, crates of them. And not like normal size crates, but like enormous crates of them. And actually firing them into the sun as sort of a gesture to Bob Pollard to say, hey, we were good. Maybe he'll take the hint. Yeah, but he's pretty stubborn from what I hear. Right. No. Right. 
that's I have also heard that that he is very stubborn in fact uh I've heard that that some people say he's the most stubborn man who's ever lived wow wow yeah really yeah. Who's saying yeah. that? Just, uh, you just know, lots of people. Lots of people. My understanding, <laughs> my understanding is all you got to do is say lots of people are saying something, and that's what makes it true. Interesting. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing. Wow. Okay. Highly right. irresponsible. I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's great. Um, we're gonna yeah. use our power for evil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great work. Um, I'm gonna give you each one point for Matador Records. Nice. Uh, 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 mostly because obviously Hemingway's penis is a, is a band they would release on that record label. And, they were good. Uh, they were good. And if not, uh, <laughs> you've got a bunch of other great, great acts on here. You got, you got your, your, uh, your guided by voices as Jared mentioned. You got your Lou Reed, your Liz fair, your, Lou your Reed love was of on diagrams. Matador. Yeah, huh. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Your modest mouse, your new pornographers. Case. No, yeah, not. your new pornographers. So your, what I've uh, heard about portis- them is... Portostatic? Is that a thing? I love yeah. them. No, I have no idea. What? Who? Portostatic? Portostatic. Come on, Jared. I... Sports the guitar? They're, they are... Sports well, now, guitar. Well, now, hold on. Hold on okay. now. All right. Just a minute, mm. uh, sir. Jared, Jared, they might be that little slice of 90s college indie rock that Jared... It doesn't really like. Oh, Mike and I talked about this. So it's, yeah, there's this weird gap for me where like there's a bunch of bands that I should like, like Pavement, uh, you know, who else were we talking about? Like Sebado, Super Chunk, Teenage Fan Club, all that stuff. And I never, I don't know. I just never got to, but when I hear them, like I remember when I first heard Archers of Loaf and I was like, oh, I yes, I automatically like this. But Matador, I, I believe they have the reputation of being one of those indie labels that successfully grew and allow artists to rate you know maintain their their vision if you will mm-hmm. uh as opposed to sort of you know bloating or getting bought by like you know dreamworks records or or, or something you know atlantic something like that yeah it's uh, not and, disney and, presents matador records correct and in <laughs> fact it's one of those labels that yeah anyway. i guess like uh sub pop maybe i'd compare them to something like that where it's like they're still they have that kind of indie spirit or so but they uh have a budget as well i think yeah, they're like A24 with, with movies where people die in every single one of them. I think that's an apt comparison. Yeah, yeah. I think it is too. Yeah. Apt24. One point for you, Nate. Hey, all one right. One point for I'll Nate. Take, I'll take it. Okay. Yeah, so you, you each got one point on Matador Records. Well done. Nice. It's time to play our first game. It's time to play Fuck, Marry, Kill. Ooh. And Jared, we're going to start with you. Uh, uh, Mikey, that's <laughs> it. For all three, yeah. <laughs> Good. You're you're both gonna have a, a crack at the same three options. Uh, these are genres of music. Uh, oh. So, would you fuck, marry, or kill the following? No wave, prog rock, and baroque rock. Ooh. Can you? Can I ask a question? Yes. Can you exp- baroque rock? What are some bands that would be? Uh, the Copper. the left bank. Uh, known for Walk Away Renee. It's like a association. It, you're talking, yeah, you're talking about bands that play like a harpsichord in their, in uh, their sort of proto psychedelic. Oh, yeah, rock. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all yeah. right. Baroque rock's gonna be, it's gonna be a little more jingly, but more mm-hmm. like, like Renaissance fair jingly. Yeah, so, dude. Donovan. Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Good shit. 
<laughs> Pop a little Ren Fair in this. Totally. Sure. Whatever. What everything needs a little bit of is sitar. Yeah. Sitar and harpsichord. Bring it in. Bring it in. Uh, boy. Uh, well, first off, Nate, I deeply appreciate the preparation you do for these shows. That's a great question. Um, I think what I'm gonna do. I feel like. I feel like fucking No Wave. I feel like No Wave would be such kind of an intense experience but not something you'd necessarily want to attach the rest of your life to like it'd be like a crazy fling or like yeah i dated this crazy music genre for about two months it was it was wild <laughs> so i think i'm gonna fuck no wave okay um, okay uh i'm gonna kill prog rock there's no question um i don't like it i at one point mike portnoy was in my starbucks store and he asked me if i was going to the show and i and i regret this still because i remember his face is he said, oh, yeah, you go to the show tonight? And I said, no, you guys aren't really my thing. And then, and his face, like, just fell. <laughs> not a bad guy at all. And I just, I just said, I just said, oh, yeah, I do. We became buddies after that, I guess. Oh. No, that's not true. But I, um, I'm going to kill prog rock. I tend to think of stuff like Yes and all that other stuff. I'm just, eh. sure. Fun album covers, I suppose. But I just, I don't have time for the, the, the fan base, <laughs> the music itself. I am generalizing, but that's how I feel. You're more of a neocon rock guy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my, that's on my resume. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm going to marry Baroque Rock. I think that it's sort of like it's stable enough to where I could imagine like a, a comfortable life and it might be a little jangly sometimes. Like it'd be like, you know, we're at dinner. I don't need the harpsichord out or something like that. Or like, why don't we sell this fucking harp? It takes up way too much room. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, so no one tells you about Baroque, Baroque yeah, yeah. Rock. Yeah. Is, it, is it's the it's the the real estate you need just to hold the instruments oh, it's crazy and, and it's closet crazy. space too because costuming oh. we're talking oh god frills. we're but, talking oh, god. Uh, here's bodices think, and the uh, oh, skirt god. thingies yeah absolutely but the main reason i think for marrying though would be what i would do with one member who would essentially be a bard is i would hire them to and they would follow me around all day and they would make jangly jaunty little tunes about every little activity i was doing and I feel like that would be good for my self-esteem. Yeah. Um, like even if it were something as simple as going to get the mail, now I've got a little jingle about it. I'm doing stuff, making moves. Um, I just think it'd be good in the long term. Great. I mean, you put a lot of you put a lot of sincere thought into this, which I appreciate. Uh, Mikey, what yeah. what's your what's your angle on this? Who sure. Will you, who will you fuck? Who will you kill? I so I'm killing No Wave right away. I don't I don't know what that is. It sounds like some shit that I just. It sounds like what is it, Jared? So, God, like it. I'm not in love with the name, right? Like it's one of those things where like uh, the terminology just keeps progressing to the point where you're like, it's it doesn't mean anything. It's like people who speak in an office, right? Or like a, a yeah. company, like a, an accounting company describing what they do. Right. We <laughs> we generate, you know, results in a metrics driven. Right, right. Anyway, uh, no age essentially. So the band no age actually was a noise oh. rock band that was pretty good. But the genre itself kind of spun off from that. Right. So like, I, I think they're fun. And I mean, like noise rock has a, a special spot in my heart. But again, like I'm not going to listen to noise rock for the rest of my life. I just think yeah. it'd be kind of a crazy fun experience just off the bat. I have okay. I have less of a tolerance for that than mm-hmm. than I think Jar- Jared's favorite guy by voice. The song is Gold Hick. That's not true. So I have less of a tolerance <laughs> for noisy kind of shit than Jared mm-hmm. does. So I'm I'm gonna kill No Wave. Okay. Uh, I am going to uh, fuck Baroque Rock for sure because uh, that is a wild ride. And if we're gonna go like, have you ever seen the movie? Uh, uh, shit, it's got Robert Downey Jr. in it. 
and uh it's set in like the reconstruction uh era uh like uh dr after, after after uh, after uh oliver cromwell anyway it's like the decadent like you know everyone's like got grapes and they're all like drunk mm-hmm. and everyone's drinking like you know wine out of like cleavage and shit it's so just I like think fainting that, couches spread out like gettysburg yeah. 100% like vomitoriums and shit like yeah. that. So I feel far, like that sounds like Iron Man 3, I believe is what you're talking about. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I, totally. And so, so it's I think Shane Black that up and down. I could, mm-hmm. I could totally, I could totally see that uh, for just like a fling. But I, I love, I love prog rock. I fell asleep listening to Moving Pictures by Rush last night. Mm. So I'm definitely marrying prog rock because it's long. You're in for the long haul. You know, if you're putting on King Crimson in the court of the Crimson King, I mean, that's a long. You're in, you're in it. I guess what um, I was thinking was like, well, I want stability. And when I think of prog rock, I just think of a mess of time changes. That's all. And I it's mean, like, over time, on, what are you? sure. But if what it's are good, you? Yeah. Are you four five? Are you 16, three? What's going on here? Who just, are you? Open up to me. Let me in. You know, you, like you, so- you just, you just strap yourself in and feel the G's. <laughs> Or like, Max gee, power. why am I listening to this? <laughs> Last night I listened to, or this, or yesterday morning I listened to all three, or sorry, the first two Genesis albums with Peter Gabriel singing, and yeah. and they are the shit. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Good totally. stuff. Yeah, I can get by that. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. Uh, I'm going to award each of you three points. Hey, oh, Mary Kill. Dang. We're in the nice. big leagues now. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, if you're keeping you track, the score, is tied. A little. the score is tied. It's something oh to think God. about. Hey, uh, quick question. Um, yeah. This has been bothering me. Sorry. Uh-huh. Um, if either of you could just pop in and maybe let me know. Um, what, 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 what is music? I'm kind of in the weeds here. Oh, sure, sure. I, uh, well, when, a, when, a, when, when an air molecule loves another air molecule a lot, they start uh-huh. to vibrate a little bit. Okay. And then they get into your into your ear hole, and they they go tapping uh, against the drum there, and that creates a little something called music. I okay, okay. I'm sorry. I think I got lost a little bit there, but I'm going to trust you. Uh, we have built trust in our long, long friendship. Uh, thanks for the answer. I just I realized when we started this podcast, I was like, I'm not sure I know exactly what this whole. I know it's a really esoteric, is. out there topic, and I'm I, I will be surprised if anyone listens to this show if not for the the universal shared fandom of it's a thing so right i'm really right. i really appreciate that you guys are going to carry this episode thanks uh, buddy getting it yeah. out there yeah <laughs> well yeah. our our core fan base actually is listening which is by proxy you because you have to so <laughs> oh yeah and, thanks, and here's thanks, and here's some fun news i'm gonna listen to it again when i edit it so that's i know i keep thinking about that notch. i'm so sorry uh-huh. <laughs> sure. just cut uh, out all my parts it's fine just, no that's that's silly. Just dog. most of them. Just most no, of them. Just most of them. Yeah. Just of them. Yeah. Just, just the whiny, just the whiny parts. Um, so, Hey, it's time for round number three and, uh, and Mike, we'll start with you. Why sure. not? Let's do that. Do you have okay. a big idea about shoegaze? Shoegaze. Yes, I do. Uh, what it is, is when you are in the recording studio, you take a pair of big shoes. I'm talking gigantic the biggest shoes that you can find. You're going to take a little microphone and you're going to stick that right in the toe of that shoe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then what you're going to do is you're going to take a speaker and you're going to stick that right in the, the top part where the foot goes in. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're going to play that through and you're going to record in the microphone in the top, in the, in the, the toe, in the tip of it. 
And that right there, once you get that sound through the shoe into the microphone, brother, you got shoe gaze. Literally the sound of the shoe. <laughs> Fun fact, that's, that's how Korn recorded their song, Adidas. Was it's true. <laughs> that, well, that's why. And that's why. It is because they were all just sitting around, and after they had made shoegaze, they were yeah. all sitting around <laughs> on, the, on the couch, <laughs> yeah. and Jonathan and Monkey looked at each other, and Head was sitting there because, you know, Head. He, he hadn't left yet. Yeah, he hadn't left yet. He's yeah. first in, last out. You know what I mean? He, you know how dedicated that guy is. And so he's sitting there <laughs> listening to the playback of a mix, and they're like, what do we call this? And he's strapping his Adidas back on after they made shoegaze, and he was like, guys adidas it's right here it's right here <laughs> it couldn't be, be more obvious yeah yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> so we're all learning something oh yeah. sure well what, I, what, one thing we're learning is that you and i actually secretly have a pretty deep knowledge of corn <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me name all the band members really quick individually by name it's not a big deal but anyway on their second album on the <laughs> I mean, but the, the other reason why they got the name is because uh, no matter how much of, of corn you consume, it, it pretty much sticks with you and comes out whole at the end of the day. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. you also can get corns on your feet when you're wearing the wrong shoe. Which is why you should, you should buy some Adidas. Mm-hmm. That's right. In your proper size. Uh, sure. Jared, anything to add about shoegaze? Sure, sure. Um, so actually, uh, I mean, I respect Mikey's stance, but the real deal here is, so we all remember... Uh, the old woman who lived in a shoe, right? This is, a, it's a giant shoe. I mean, like Mikey said, Mikey's talking like clown shoes, right? But I'm talking right. like inhabitable, comfortably, room enough for a harp, that kind of thing. And uh, um, there was an ostracized group of people that lived in this shoe uh, in the uh, 50s and 60s, I believe. Uh, they were, they were um, homosexual. Uh-huh. And so what people started calling them was, oh, those, there's the shoe gays over there oh. um because they were of course a collective of, of gay uh, mostly men who lived in in this shoe the old woman the uh, you know the titular old woman from that uh, limerick there she actually was a big proponent of lgbq uh, rights and she she really helped them move forward and I, after a while they came out of the shoe and then uh in american slang we kind of like shoes go in a closet so that's actually where the phrase come out of the closet oh. was it actually from literally a group of gay men coming out of the shoe and being like mm. you know what like yeah we're here and then um they that group of men actually uh got a few women together and that's how my bloody valentine was formed wow yeah wow amazing it's i mean that's really true though that's that's how it's everything... true look it up look yeah, it actually up. i think it's true yeah I mean, uh, the nursery rhymes of our youth were based on fact and based on fact more recent than we even realize. Sure. Sure. Very good. You're both absolutely wrong. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shoegaze, which is initially referred to as dream pop, is a subgenre of injury and alternative, alternative rock that emerged in the United Kingdom in the 1980s. It's characterized by its ethereal sounding mixture of obscured vocals, guitar distortion, and effects, feedback, and overwhelming volume. The, mm. uh, the term shoegazing comes because they use a lot of pedals and you got to look down and gaze at your It looks like you're always looking at your shoes because the you know guy keeps up? hitting the different pedals. He's like, oh, I, look, I got to hit these pedals. That never, that never occurred to me that that's why they called it that. I just Wait, thought are you it was... just now finding it out? Like for real? Yeah, I just assumed it was because they're sad. 
well, that's probably part of it. Like, listen to like early slow dive or stuff like Why that. But... And the cure and shit. I think they're sure, kind of yeah, early yeah, yeah. progenitors of that. But I never thought about because that is a characteristic is the tons of pedals. That's right? why it's called that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it makes I, sense. I, I assume that they were they were sad to start, right? So they were looking down already, and they were yeah. like, "Wait, I could put pedals here because I'm then already I could looking do down." Do something. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was like, yeah. "Wait a second. Right. That I was like really, <laughs> yeah, that was really embraced when they got out of the shoe and they're like, oh, we've got some fucking room now for all these fucking pedals. All these pedals, right? Yeah. Um, one thing of note about Shoegaze, Elizabeth Frazier is the lead singer of a band called Cocktoo Twins. She sounds like an alien. She's beautiful. It's wonderful. But she's been off the scene for a while. So Jonesy of Seager Ross just put out a song with her on it. The song itself, it's fine. But to hear her sing again, I mean, she sounds terrific. Um, it gave me goosebumps. So if you're a fan of Shoegaze, I recommend checking it out. I cannot give you the title of the song, though. I can't be much help because I don't remember it. It's Jared, it's okay. I think our listeners are smart enough to Google the, the keywords that you've provided already. Are they, are they though? No, they, I mean, they are, I think. Okay, 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 so, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and reliably say, well smart enough to handle this, this task. Good deal. Well, if they're yeah. listening to you, Nate, then they're already on the right track. They're obviously, they, yeah. obviously intelligent. They know so. what they're doing. And they're probably right now re- oh. like recoiling physically from this pot from their computer or listening device. Like, who are these yokels? Like, did Nate is this a make a wish thing? Like <laughs> where Mikey and Jerry get to be in We brought yeah. we brought you here. This actually is this is. Yeah. Oh, oh, yep. Oh. Pal, you've got you've got five minutes to live. This is how right. this is how they tell you now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Live on a podcast. <laughs> wow. Don't I get to see like The Rock or someone? Doesn't he get to come in? No, and it's me. No, well, the it's thing you. The <laughs> thing that's funny now is because because they they kind of reorganized the whole system. We other people can make a wish for you, and so we made a wish that's, that we could tell you on this uh, podcast. Okay, that doesn't seem. <laughs> Why fair. does it that tell you? That doesn't. That doesn't seem fair at all. Uh, can I ask what... We're both dying, and my wish was to tell you that you're dying. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, so do I get to... Oh, I no, also... No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Mikey, while we're here, you also, uh, you have a terrible affliction. What? Um, yeah, dude, you're going to become so sad, you're going to turn into Elliot Smith's guitar. No! And, yeah, oh, no! Oh, I'm going to go end up at the pawn shop. Oh no! Hey, if I could make a wish, it would be onto this. It would be to be on this show, and it came true. So. Yep, absolutely. Aww. Well, great, great job on uh, on shoegaze, and uh, I'm gonna give Jared two points and Mikey one point. Ooh! <laughs> Fuck you, Mikey. Tie-breaker. Sorry, felt bad. And, uh, Sorry. <laughs> and now it's time for round number four. Uh, Jared, do you have a vague idea about session musicians? Session musicians? Yes. Sure. Um. Did you ever see the movie? I think it's called Session Seven. It takes place in an abandoned asylum, and this is true. And it's uh, it became fa- it was kind of one of the first movies, and this is true that like took the whole abandoned mental asylum thing, you know. And now and then it was of course copied ad nauseum in a in a number of very very bad, forgettable horror movies. Um, session musicians were actually kind of a slap in the face. It was where you would be, and this is going to be. I mean, this isn't like a. a like a proper rehabilitation center. This is an institution, you're, you're institutionalized, you know, in the 60s and the 70s. And so whether you're uh, getting electroshock actively or you're getting dosed up on barbiturates and you're just drooling and wandering around the courtyard, uh, session musicians would come in when you had like, for instance, electroshock sessions and they would play, they would play Ding Dong by the Beach Boys. <laughs> ding Dang, Ding Dang. Ding Dang, Ding Dang by the Beach Boys over and over and over. And so... Uh, 
it's not something you want to hear even in general, or, like as a healthy person, uh, much less when you're getting horrible, outdated uh, treatment. And so the musicians would come in and play, and it was really kind of a kind of an aggressive thing of like, look at you, you're in a bad place, and we're going to make it worse. It was unpopular, absolutely, and it got phased out um, as our knowledge of how to actually help. Uh, people with mental conditions progressed. They got away with the session musicians. Right. And that was most famously depicted in the film A Clockwork Orange when mm. uh, the session musicians played Beethoven's Ninth while right. uh, Alex was forced to watch violence occur uh, mm -hmm. perpetually on a film strip. Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the first times actually that they were caught on film um, or, or depicted in film because it was kind of the, an institution's dark secret for a period of time for obvious reasons because it's just not very nice. Yeah, no, it's 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 terrible, and and uh, well, human history is just gross, isn't it, gentlemen? Yes, just gross. Yeah. So, Mikey, anything to add about session musicians? Yeah, well, I mean, Jared is one hundred percent right, um, especially about Ding Dang, but <laughs> 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 which, if you don't know, uh, is the greatest song uh, that that uh, uh, is. Just look, look. I'm not here to tell you what to do with your life, but but, but before I do. Just listen to Ding Dang. Um, so session musicians, actually, the, it, it did start with what Jared was talking about. Uh, but what it ended up with is actually uh, the, the band The Shins, when they started out, it was just that one guy. <laughs> and they didn't have, like, he, he didn't have any friends. Uh, no one liked him. He was like a mean guy. James Mercer, is that his name? Yeah, that's like right. a mean yeah, that guy. That sounds right. Yep. Mm -hmm. People didn't. Mm -hmm. And this is libelous. Can you sue me for this? But he was like a mean guy. People didn't like him. <laughs> well, allegedly. Allegedly. And he would like. He, he would like knock over like people's drinks and stuff Aww. like that. Like, yeah, I know. And he'd be like, ha 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 ha. Like, he'd, yeah, he had this like bully laugh and like so. Oh. He'd go, to the, he'd go yeah. to the beach. He'd go to the beach and he'd like oh, kick no. people's sandcastles over and stuff. Oh yeah, like, you would, would he find the really uh, would he find the really weak guy and yeah, like he'd find some ninety eight pound weakling to like yeah. pick on on the beach. And he sounds like a real jerk. He was. So he couldn't find anybody to be in his band. So what they did is they had like a uh, fake like mannequins, like cardboard cutouts, and that would be up there. And they, it was like a set, right? And so while he would play, they would have like this set of like uh, musicians up there. So it was like uh, set, sh set shin musicians, you know, uh, so that they would, they would play, you know, uh, like uh, until he could find some people he could pay enough to, to be in the band. And it just kind of, you know, uh, evolved from there. And of course now we, it, it, as, as language does, it, it's now just session musicians instead of set shin. Yeah. Yeah. When I, yeah. I saw them live and uh, what I liked was they had added a keyboardist and James Mercer introduced him as the newest shin singular. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. They are a group mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then did he like pull his pants down when he came yeah, he out? Yeah, pants him, and the keyboard <laughs> was wearing, and he was wearing white boxers with big <laughs> with red big hearts. hearts on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What a joke! Oh, so embarrassed. I know. Ah, it sucks. I really feel I wanted him to change. I did. I was rooting for him, right? Yeah. But when I saw that, I was like, same old shit. What and then they bully. played like yeah, and then they played like seven really great songs. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, he he notoriously uh, used a, a black sharpie to color each of the white keys of the keyboard in as well to, to just make it impossible <laughs> to know what to you were playing. Everything's a sharp now? I don't understand what I'm doing. That's crazy. <laughs> what a dick. It's yeah. his band. I, don't I know. Understand. Why are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> but 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 fortunately, I mean he came he came clean when when Broken Bells, when he released a record with Broken Bells, he sure. published the, the song The High Road, uh, talking about how the high road was hard to find for him in his youth. 
mm-hmm. and that he he finally figured out how to how to you know how to be a nicer person so very important stuff nice yeah yeah great job um i don't even <laughs> need to dignify right? those with a response <laughs> one okay. point is, fair it's fair to i mean, even give one point is generous can you do negatives on this show no, I mean I okay. haven't yet. It it would be well, too hard. I'd have to get a sound. I'd have to get an inverted sound effect. I don't want to deal with that. Fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, uh, and and honestly, I think the listeners all know what session musicians are and who they are. They're very important people who probably played the the lead roles on a lot of albums that you like a lot. Many uh, of the early, like, uh, you know, 60s and mid 60s, the session musicians were all the same. So if you listen to like Phil Spector or, or Pet Sounds or, or uh, you know, uh, the Mamas and the Papas or anything like that, any of those bands that were based in LA, it was all the same. It's all the same musicians that are playing on those albums. That's where everybody would know like Billy Preston from, right? Because he, yeah, he was played, one of those. Yeah. He played with the Beatles, but he was one of Phil, Phil Spector's guys. Yep. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you saw that a lot in jazz too, right? Like, um, like I think of Miles Davis, right? And I think of like, you get, you get all these famous, I don't know why I gravitate towards the drums in particular, right? Um, but like Tony Williams uh, or stuff like that, like you just get these drummers where, or whatever, multiple jazz musicians who are crossing over into other people's albums. Um, and it's just kind of a neat thing, especially when yeah. you get sort of what is essentially a super group together and crank out some album. Yeah, which I, and, and I guess the, the reason I brought session music, uh, you know, session musicians up at all is, is, it is really interesting because music is one of these very unique arts. It's it music becomes a lot like acting in this way where people will be talented enough to work together as, as very different ensembles. And you can really tell who works well together and, and who works less well together. But for the most part, Mm -hmm. like session musicians manage to buoy whatever, you know, whatever ships they're around. And that's, and that's really admirable because there's not a lot of, there aren't a lot of other, other, professions or skill sets where you can do that like you wouldn't i mean you know you uh, to go back to accounting or something like you wouldn't be like oh well let's grab an accountant from this guy and we'll grab this guy and you guys do the books it's gonna be great like it doesn't it doesn't work like that but uh well a lot of times really interesting way to to create a, a tapestry a lot of times too like it used to be uh you know that you'd have a roy orbison or someone who would come into a studio and like be like i want to record this song and they've got like a whole orchestra and everything else and well okay well what does roy have well roy has some chords and some lyrics well what does he want the bassoon player to play well roy doesn't right. fuck roy doesn't fucking know yeah. so the, the bassoon oftentimes the bassoon players like well i'll come up with my own parts then and they don't get credited as songwriters on these on these things you know because <laughs> like you know roy orbison and doesn't tell the the violin player what to play he doesn't fucking know yeah you know so so it's it's interesting i wonder if if royalties were actually paid out to writers to songwriters how they probably should be how things kind of go down in a studio then yeah. i wonder how different things would be no no nothing against roy orbison I, you know. oh no yeah well because because the the opposite of course would be brian wilson right who probably did know every single person's part sure sure and would have yes. been good good somewhat point. torturous yes. to work with as a sure. session musician yes be like what? no not like that Definitely. I think like of the progression. <laughs> yeah, I think of people like like you think of like Buddy Rich, where it's like I'm the I'm the effing drummer, and I'm going to build a band. Or these are the people I want. Like it's what's already been said, right? And like makes this band around him, um, but he's the star, right? Like, um, and I what's feel the, like that happened a lot. What's the difference between a, what's the difference between a moose and the Buddy Rich band? What's that? A moose has the asshole in the back. <laughs> oh. oh. 
There's a lot of really good uh, drummer jokes too. But uh, um, what, an interesting thing too, kind of like ancillary to, to, to uh, session musicians was like, and this happened a lot, but like in the 90s, like you'd have all these one hit wonders, but then a lot of the times they would quietly go into the background and be responsible for making like these huge, like, you know, like Katy Perry hits and things like that. The lead singer of Four Non Blondes, for instance, like oh, yeah. she's super successful doing that, but it's that's all background stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah, you never heard another song after they um, released What's Going On, but she's like, that happens a lot. Like if you check the credits, like you're like, oh my gosh, you know, they were like, they had a one hit and then they just kind of fade in the background. I think and, the song is make called a lot of What's Up, actually. Oh, God. Not I'm What's sorry. Going On. I'm sorry. I think you're right. Just, uh, okay. All right. Well, let's sure edit that out. That, hey, look, this is, a, this is a podcast about truth, and I want to be very <laughs> clear all, about that. Above all, all right. this is uh, factually accurate. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> if anything, it is relentlessly researched. You're right, and I'd like to take this time to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was just bad journalism, Jared. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. On that note, it's time to play our second game, and this is a brand new game, and it's really kind of for Jared. Jared, this is kind of invented for you. This game is called Hobnobbing with Bob Polly. <laughs> Hot dog, I'm into it. All right. <laughs> All right, so each of you are going to get two clues that will allude to a musician who is hobnobbing with Bob Pollard. And uh, Jared, I'll start with you. Is it current or they have in the past? Um, it, it is, it is uh, uh, theoretical, hypothetical. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, right. They are people you would know of. They are, I don't know that they've actually worked with Bob Pollard or not. Okay. Uh, number one. I'm nervous. This Till Tuesday member found solo success and did a cover of Drive. And did a cover of Drive? Yeah. Um, the, song, the song by the Cars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Till Tuesday, Till Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, are we talking about Amy Mann here? You are correct. Very she, good. She was the first, her album, um, what was it? Oh, shit. Um, something Space. Uh, oh, God. Lost in Space. Um, that was the first record I ever listened to on good headphones, and it was remastered by Mobile Fidelity Sound Labs, who are legitimate. And it was the real, like, the first time where I, like, got the whole audiophile thing. Like, it was, it was incredible. It was really wonderful. Yeah. Amy Ann's terrific. And good she, job on Magnolia. Is. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Yeah, one, one of the best soundtracks ever done. Okay. Um, okay, Mikey, number two is for you. What's up with this bassist who also went by the name Mrs. John Murphy? Bassist who also went by the name Mrs. John Murphy? Bro, I have no idea. Uh, bassist who also went by the name Mrs. John Murphy? Uh, I, uh, I'm, 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 I'm having a stroke. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> do you want to, do you want to guess or do you want to pass it? I'm, I'm going to pass it. Okay. Jared. Yes. Um, What's up with this bassist who also went by the name Mrs. John Murphy? The only reason I know this. You know is, this? Yeah, I know. Um, it's because I just read, I reread, um, a book that Mikey so generously gave me, uh, which I actually have right here, which is Closer uh, Closer You Are, the story of Robert Pollard and Guided by Voices. Uh, in Dayton, uh, the scene, of course, was particularly, it was esoteric, but it was very vibrant. One of the key members of that uh, was Kim Deal. That is oh. correct. Cool as. Wow. Very good. But very I would have known good. that if I hadn't reread that book, because then I went on my whole Wikipedia thing of like, let's look up Kim Deal, see what's going on. And you knew that was, is that a name she goes by? Um, a, a name. A name. Interesting. Yeah. But I mean, like, seriously, like, it's only by sheer luck that I knew that and timing. Crazy. Because I read that book, too. I, just, I know I, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. 
All right, so Jared, you get you get another one back to back. Let's see if you can do this. Oh God, okay. All right, <laughs> this guitarist and former dinosaur junior oh. might test your limbo skills. Might test your limb. I think I know the answer, but I want to try and figure it out via that clue. Uh huh. Is it? <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I had to go through the members. They played in uh, in uh, Denver, like in the city. And when I was in that apartment on Capitol Hill, you could hear Dinosaur Jr. Like, and I was at least a few miles away. They were loud as hell. The reason that <laughs> your limbo skills would be tested is because of the member uh, uh, Lou Barlow. That is correct. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And he actually, uh, and I also just know this from my Wikipedia exploration post book, also from Dayton, Ohio. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good, Jared. Mikey, here's, here's your, your, your last chance. My chance, yeah. Score a point in Hobnobbing with Bob Pollard. This one-time wizard enablers red hair probably looks dull orange under a black light. One-time wizard enablers red hair probably looks dull orange under a black light I'm god glad, dude i'm glad you got this one because i yeah uh dull orange uh... And can, can we ask if it's a man or a woman yeah 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 you can ask sure it's it's a woman it's a female Female, uh, oh, 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 artist. oh, oh, I, I know what it is. I know what it is. <laughs> I'm going to pass to Jared then because I don't. <laughs> okay. So Jared. this, this was a movie that blew my fucking mind when I, it was, I was the target demographic and it got me right between the eyes, which was the Nintendo propaganda film, The Wizard, um, debuting Super Mario Brothers 3 for the first time. And I just remember sitting in my seat and just being like, oh my God. And it totally worked on me. Uh, it featured... Uh, child actress and who much later went on to release with her band the last album they released under the blacklight uh jenny lewis that is correct oh, jenny lewis. wow but if it weren't for the wizard thing because i was thinking like, like you know when you think of musicians there's a lot of them that look like wizards or could be wizards um <laughs> sure. yeah like i don't know like the entirety of sun o like i don't know sure I'm like yeah I believe they're all wizards. Maybe more black magic. I don't know. We'd need to get the Baroque rock uh, <laughs> for that one. Yeah, very good. I, I got to um, say, these are, these are hard. Yeah, those <laughs> are hard, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad, I'm glad they were kind of difficult, but at least you got the clues as, as they parsed themselves out. Yeah, because Jenny Lewis plays a character who enables the titular wizard, the, the younger brother who may or may not have autism, but we didn't know that that was a thing in the 80s, uh, to, to this video game tournament to play Super Mario Brothers 3 and use a power glove for the first time. Oh, it's yes. one of the it's greatest so feats of our youth. Yes. Um, yeah, so very good. Uh, Jared, four points. Amazing. And Mikey, zero well, points. Nothing, nothing. Oof. It's okay. I, these, those were, it, honestly, like, like I said, two of those are just luck, timing, whatnot. Um, I, so now, uh, from the makers of Palm ou Palm de Terre, it's La Chose Francaise Arbitraire. That's the arbitrary French thing. And the only thing that's <laughs> French about it is the name. <laughs> and this week, the topic, Mikey, we're going to start with you. Uh, Super groups, are they underrated, overrated, or just plain dumb? Uh, just plain dumb. I mean, it have what supergroup is good? I mean, name one. I mean, honest to God, I mean, Slash's Snake Pit, uh, the Hollywood Vampires. I mean, when I think Supergroup, I think just just pure shit and, and a vanity. 
just uh yeah canceled yeah i mean supergroups to me feel like uh it's it and i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about uh soccer for a moment but sure. this is the best parallel <laughs> Uh, Supergroups are when uh, really talented European soccer players turn 33 and they come play in the MLS where they right. can make a lot of money and beat the shit out of crappy American soccer players for like three years. Um, but it's not actually fun to watch or good. Right. It's, right. it's rough and kind of gross, but they're still way better than like other people would be. Anyway, great. Yeah, great. I, think, uh, I think like uh, the only exception to that would be the Traveling Wilburys. They, they, they were a super group, but they all kind of wrote songs. Speaking of Roy Orbison again, but they yeah. all kind of wrote, and those are good songs. So like, I, I will say that didn't seem like a vanity thing. That seemed like, hey, let's, we all have these kind of spare songs. Let's make something together, which that seems okay to me, but, but usually sure. I'm, I'm not down. Yeah, Don't you no, feel I, like it has to be organic? Like it, every, it's always good when you can tell like people in the band are friends and like they're working off each other versus, and I, I agree with Mikey um, in the sense that, yeah, you could name all the, you know, here's a great bassist, great drummer, great guitarist, great singer. Let's put them all together. And all I can think of is as a kid being like, Hey, chocolate milk is better when I put more syrup in. Why don't I just put a glass full of syrup? Won't that be wonderful? Uh, right. And it isn't. Wow. Right. Yeah. Very good. That's a great, that is a great, uh, great example. I mean, yeah. Cause that's what it is. It's sort of, I don't know. There's you just... want it to be good. Of course you do. Like temple of the dog. Well, yeah, kind well, of, kind of, but pre-fame. So I think it doesn't count. Yeah. Well, and they're also, it just always seems like it, some of the best traveling Wilburys ex- accepted. Some of the best creating is behind these people. So they're just kind of right. coming together and it's like, okay, well, cool. Let's kind of do our player hits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the most boring concerts I ever attended in my entire life was them Crooked Vultures show. Really? Oh, God. I was like, oh, cool. They're headlining at the Fillmore and their only album has nine songs on it. So surely they're going to cover Foo Fighters and they're going to cover some... Uh, some Zeppelin and they're going to, they're going to sprinkle in some, some favorites and it's going to be really interesting because they're going to do some neat stuff with it. Guess what they didn't do? Any of, Any of that. that. Oh. Did they just play their nine fucking songs and bounce or what? Yeah. They just played, they just, what they did is they didn't, they did arbitrary bridge extensions on all nine oh, songs. So it's just like, okay, here, John Paul Jones has got a 45 minute solo for you. <laughs> and it's like, great. I'm so happy that I'm here. Ugh. Especially because the Fillmore is not, uh, particularly acoustically excellent anyway no. so andy got a stand yeah yeah there's a lot of standing <laughs> i hate oh, stand man. i hate it no man. yeah hey after 30 no more standing no thank oh, you oh man one of the best shows I ever went to i saw the book said um mikey what's the place in san francisco that looks like it's in greek ruins <laughs> i don't know it's like a little place you can have shows there chelsea oh, Pal- Fi- Pal- Pal- fine arts thank you so susan warren first off she drove us to the show no one knows who this- that no one knows who that is you She's do Elizabeth Warren's original first name. Correct. That's right. That's right. And so uh, she, she, Elizabeth Warren drove me to the show. So we got transportation. You got to sit down, drove back in bed by eight thirty. Oh, fantastic! Oh, fantastic! Mm-hmm. That's what's mm-hmm. up. Yeah, that's cozy because because you just you get enough music in you, and then you just want a little glass of milk and lay down. Dude, I play shows. I play bass in a band and we play shows and I unplug my bass. I throw my amp in the car and I am home in half an hour from the stage. I am in bed in half an hour. <laughs> I don't hang out. None of that. Dude. Sure. I go home. Sure. You got, you got all the groupies you need at home anyway. Absolutely. That's my the dogs. only reason to stay out, right? <laughs> That's right. 
I wouldn't mind, by the way, seeing Hank make a guest appearance. I've never actually seen him on video except recorded. He won't do it. It's his lawyers. Oh, you're right. That legal thing. That's weird because yeah. he's a dog. But anyway. He won't, yeah, he won't do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe you should get uh, your, your ghost dog agent, Luca, to talk to him. I mean, well, if Luca you talk, doesn't, yeah. He doesn't. It's weird. He doesn't do dog to dog. He it's, doesn't do do- D to D. <laughs> Let's back off this one. I feel like it's going to get weird. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Not a, not a D to D promoter, agent, <laughs> manager, yeah. manager. Sorry. Minor stroke. When you get older, you just get little ones sprinkled yeah, I in. I think me. so, yeah. Yeah, we both seen we both have experienced them in the course of this wonderful show. Uh, it's true. I I have too. I sometimes I don't even know what to oh. say. It's like there's yeah, just a flood of good ideas ready to pour out of my mouth and I I can't I can't figure out which one to choose. Um, uh, great work on La Chose Francaise Arbitraire. Jared, three points. Mikey, five points. Oh! And now it's time for the final topic. Um, right now, the score is Jared, 18 points. Mikey, 15 points. Uh, it's right behind me. And Jared, you're going to start. I love the view. You have a vague idea <laughs> about the RCA Mark II. The RCA Mark II? The RCA Mark uh, II. Yeah, this is... It's kind of sad, and it's an animal thing again, too. Um, this was an issue uh, when there was a zoo. It was the San Francisco Zoo. Um, this was going to be in the 80s. Uh, they were like, we need to amp up visitorship. You know, we're really, we're dying here. Like, we got to get more animals, more weird animals in here. Let's flood them in, bring them in, get them in the pens, get some people, get some tickets, get some asses in the seats. Uh, they had seats. You could sit down and watch. Got to sell some peanuts. Pen. Yeah, man. I mean, it's not going to run itself. Um, that's why, like, I really feel like the movie We Bought a Zoo is terribly irresponsible. It sends a really bad message, like, oh, anyone can do it. Wrong. Wrong and so in yeah. this case, in the 80s, uh, the San Francisco Zoo, and Mike, you know this, famous mm-hmm. for being horribly mismanaged in the 80s. It was oh, yeah. a train wreck, right? Still so, is. Still, still is. Still is. Still is. Mm-hmm. They constantly still have problems that follow them stuff, from this stuff period. Stuff gets out all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's fairness, kind of an They shouldn't Actually, let <laughs> the monkeys and tigers drive the train. It well, and I don't. It probably wouldn't wreck as often. I don't know if you've, if you've seen the first Planet of the Apes remake with James Franco, but in case you haven't, uh, the San Francisco Zoo keeps millions of monkeys, millions of them. <laughs> it's, it's too many. Like, yeah. give me five or six, I get it. I, I think I got the idea, right? But there are monkeys fucking pouring out of that zoo. It's like so. a seething ball of brown fur and screeches so, and it's it's sort of like a lovecraftian entity at that point yeah, um, they get yeah, out all a, the time yeah. yeah it's a fucking nightmare hey didn't a tiger escape from the san francisco zoo or was it the Colorado, the denver zoo one of the two i swear to god and it got out and it killed someone yeah of course it did i, I think, think yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it was here in denver so it might be it might have been san francisco but it, yeah right. it definitely so I, I you know how they are recently. You know. So anyway, all right. So they're trying to run this zoo and they do this cute thing. They have a program, but they got to bring kids in. So they let the kids name the animals and the kids are like, you know, naming the elephants like Trunky and dumb bullshit like that because kids are stupid. And so, uh, as we all know, of course, we're not far behind them. I mean, you know, can't really, I can't really crow about that. We're just just older kids. So crowcast. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, one of the, (laughs) one of the, uh, these children, uh, who may have been drunk at the time. I don't know. It's the 80s. They had an armadillo there, and the armadillo was not impressive even remotely. Uh, and the kid was like, I'm going to name him Mark. And I remember this was on like VHS footage. Like the mom is like, honey, can you be more creative? And the kid was like, uh, nope. And they were like, okay, so it's, you just have this armadillo named Mark. Mark was not a good armadillo. Like he, he usually was in a ball, right? And that's it. And like, if you've seen a basketball, you've seen this armadillo. And so what people started doing in kind of a mean-spirited gesture 
was they started calling him really crappy armadillo mark and so what ended up happening mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. as this neglect in the zoo continued um they did a thing where you know like if you're if there's any parents out there and your kid's fish dies what do you do you run out get another one hope they don't notice right sure so what they did is they brought in really crappy armadillo mark two right um, well and i i you're kind of paving over what happened and it, it because you mentioned that that Mark looked like a basketball. And the thing that you don't want to do is try to actively dribble an armadillo mm -hmm. while it's mm -hmm. rolled into a ball. Correct. Because it Everyone will, knows that. It will, turn, it, to, right? uh, it will turn to jelly on the inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ki it's killing, like, rendering the animal dead. Yes. It, com it comes out as you, if you unfurl him afterwards, it's like a thick juice. It's very disgusting. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, one of the, one of the zoo handlers, uh, uh, um, presumably uh, inebriated or on some sort of hallucinogenics after hours was like, Hey, what a great idea. Fucking stupid, crappy ass armadillo Mark over here. Let's play some basketball with him um, as, as one is want to do and uh, killed him. And so they got another one, but they still called him really crappy armadillo Mark number two uh, internally, like, cause they wanted to just put out that this is still the original Mark. Um, and so colloquially they called him RCA Mark two. And that's where that came from. Very good, very good. Uh, an important history lesson for us all. Mikey, anything about uh, the RCA Mark II? Well, y Jared is right, and, and that is that is 100% true. Uh, but what he didn't tell you is I actually, and this is... Um, Are you going to tell him? This is, You're going to uh, do it. This is difficult for me. <laughs> I'm here. I, I, actually, I actually was that kid know, that know. couldn't... Yeah, come up with a <laughs> come up with a, with the creative enough. Um, Your mom was really. She, she was like, "Come on, that sucks," and she kept saying, "Come on, that sucks. That sucks. You suck. You suck." You know. And she and said I, it was like, just awful, right? Like, kept saying, can... "You're just awful," Ugh. and so I panicked, and I it was me, mm. and um, I feel like if I hadn't named it, then. <laughs> or come up with a, I don't know, maybe come up with a better name that it wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be going through this hell that we're going through now. <laughs> we're all, I mean, we're all affected by it. It's oh, yeah. I mean, the butterfly effect from that one specific incident uh, has shaped all of the arc of history going forward. Certainly shaped me. I mean, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you are currently curled in a ball like an armadillo. Um, oh, look, Mikey's crying you. on a podcast. Absolutely. It's just like, it's a thing. Hey, if you ever missed any of our old episodes, here's the cinch. <laughs> <laughs> hey i would like to apologize because before the show i by chance reviewed the vhs footage and for some reason like it's like you know from a someone some tourist has a camera oh, they really? really they zoomed in on you and your mom and i gotta say like that converse i wouldn't even call it a conversation that her berating you yeah i went on for like a solid 30 minutes and then the tape ran out so i don't even know how long she no, sat I know. There in front of an armadillo exhibit berating it was belittling you it was a shorter one um, than usual. Mm, oh, oh, okay. So I apologize I that much. for, 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 you know, for just for even bringing it up. I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay. Sorry. It's okay. Wow. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's move Listeners, on. this is uh, okay. this is some dark stuff on this week's show, but you know, I think the truth is, is that we have to get these things out in the open because if we're not having conversations. What um, are we even doing here? What are we doing? Yeah. yeah exactly. What are we even doing? Agreed. Um, well done on Thank the you. RCA Mark II. Um, I, I'm going to award Jared two points and, and Mikey, I'm going to give you three points because it took a lot of bravery Thank to you. admit what you admitted it today. It yeah. did. Um, 
Now, ultimately, you're, you're both wrong because the RCA Mark II is uh, the first ever synthesizer that was ever made oh. um, to synthesize the sounds of music. And it was operated by punch card system. So if that's you cool. can imagine. Really? Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. Uh, so RCA is like, hey, cool. We made, we made a way to make uh, digital music. Um, you just have to stack this deck of like 172 cards and then you can make like uh, the, the opening to uh, a song. <laughs> and, right. uh, and then uh, Alistair Moog, I can't remember what his first name is, but <laughs> his last name actually is Moog. Alistair Bob. Moog. Bob. Bob Moog. Is it really? It's Bob Moog? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. But, but yeah, but, but Bob Moog shows up and he's like, oh, I can like make this happen in a keyboard where you could just like play it like an instrument and then the rest is history um it leads to mikey's eventual marriage to prog rock so fantastic yeah, stuff it's true true um so you know uh, right now we're, we're kind of we're at a turning point because uh the, the game is over and and it's always hard for me at the end of the show because i have to declare one of you a winner and one of you a loser um but you guys you, you both know the old idiom it, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose uh fuck you that's what <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You've been Remember talking to my parents. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> that was on the footage, actually. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. You've seen uh, it. <laughs> you sly devil, you. <laughs> so, uh, so our final score. Uh, Jared, you are our winner with 20 points. Ooh, how does it feel to win for once in your life, Jared? Yeah, Unnecessary. Jared. What's Mikey got? Mikey, uh, you are in second place with 18 points. Okay, can I Very can I close can game. I can I do something? I don't. Oh. I'd like to be, do a bit of an unorthodox gesture. If oh I my could. god, what's okay. happening? Yeah. First off, what, everyone, what are you gesturing with? Oh my god! Everyone, everyone, put that right. down. Everyone, cool out. Just cool out. Relax. All right. Uh-huh. You guys, cool. I want to hear so. you say it. Okay. All right. I'm I'm cool. Um, what I would like to do, um, as a symbolic gesture, is I'd like to donate one of my points. Uh, to Mikey. Oh my God. Uh, thus rendering the game uh, a tie. Am I allowed to do that as a contestant on? on you know what? It it is it is unprecedented, but uh, I'm highly I'm irregular. Actively, I'm actively flipping through the the 2,700 page <laughs> a big idea rule book, and uh-huh. and honestly, there is nothing in the rule book that says the commissioner said. Let me tell. I was just gonna say. Let me tell you something. I'm a bit off the books, okay? But I get results. So I already turned in my badge and my gun. I have a gun that I brought to the podcast. What? Jared, yeah. why? <laughs> because, because I'm a loose cannon, you know? Huh. I just, I don't go by the book, but, um, but I get results, you know? So the chief, I have to talk to the chief of police after this for other yeah. reasons too, but uh, mainly this podcast actually, <laughs> but for other reasons. I think we all might have to mainly because of this podcast. Um, <laughs> can I, so I can do that. It's yeah, done. I'm going to allow it. I am, I'm going to give Mikey one additional point. I'm going to deduct one point wow. from Jared. And that means that we end with a tie. Jared and Mikey have 19 points. I scored one point. So I'm the loser this week. Uh, wow. But uh, congratulations to both of you. Uh, uh, Jared, is there anything that you would like to plug? Anything you want people to know about? Anything you want people to care about? Uh, anything. I feel like, in a weird way, like animal rights came up a lot in a lot of my answers for some reason. It is, I have to say, while I love dogs, it's not a cause that I'm particularly married to. But I guess I'll plug that. And also uh, checking out the back episodes, if it's a thing. Because um, it was a very 
fun period of my life. Um, I, I will, I'll go back to the recording sometimes. It's interesting because Mikey, uh, I would always go to Mikey and we'd record where he was. And Mikey, you were moving a lot around yep. at that point. Like we had recorded in the Shotwell living room, back porch uh, at your place um, next to the cable cars um, at your, your, your horror, your depressing one bedroom there uh, nor in uh what North beach or not yep. North beach. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. North beach. Um, well, the, uh, no, no. The, the one bedroom was at like out in the sunset by the beach. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, so it's all these places. And so it's very particular points in my memory. Um, now that's just a thing for me, right? But for the listeners, I mean, if you enjoy, ugh, I had a hard time even getting that word out. Uh, <laughs> banter between Mikey and I, and you're like, you know what? If only there wasn't someone there to regulate their bullshit, then come listen. It's a thing where it's literally just Mikey and I, no moderator, uh, for better or worse, mostly worse. Um, the bottom line is it was a really fun show to do. We did 20 of them. And, uh, it, is a, it is a really good show, too. I mean, I, you, guys, you guys are both very humble, but it, it's fun to listen to. Um, you forget that you have really great music that is the moderator between you. So um, there's always a reason why you have to stop talking. And it's, hey, we got to listen to this song real quick. And <laughs> yeah, then we'll come back to it. And it, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. And I was so, I was so happy to, to be able to help with hosting it and everything. And, and well, we were thankful you know, for, honestly, you for that. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah, just the structure is uh, each of us plays three songs. We talk about music. We talk about other stuff at the end. Yeah. And also I will plug uh, maybe one of my favorite musicians, uh, Mike Joseph O'Connor. Got a lot of albums out. Check them out. Bandcamp. Give him some money. Throw him some bones. You know, he needs he really it. Should. Yeah, he needs it bad. <laughs> okay, <buddy. laughs> and uh, it was nice to talk to you, Mikey, on a, on a podcast. It was nice. We talk pretty much. Uh, I don't know every, every day. day. Yeah, every pretty day. much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mikey, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, well, I have a new album coming out uh, this Friday, uh, uh, August twenty eighth. So it'll be out by the time this comes out. Yes, it and, will. Uh, It'll be on Spotify and Apple Music and Tidal and Yahoo Music and Amazon <laughs> and uh, Kazaa wow. and Morpheus and <laughs> Get on LimeWire Lime yeah. and uh, you're going to MP- want to download MP3s. <laughs> Absolutely, you're going to get Nirvana.exe, <laughs> and it's just going to be a program that runs a puddle of mud uh, CD-ROM. Where nice. you play as Wes Scanlon and go oh, around no. <laughs> beating the shit out of people. <laughs> Mikey, I gotta say, that's a really particular album. <laughs> I mean, you really zeroed in on what you wanted to do. <laughs> uh, this is birthed from a bizarre in joke with Mikey and I, where Wes Scanlon shows up when you've done something poorly and he beats the shit out of you. <laughs> so let me ask you, Mikey. If you had to describe, though, if people haven't listened to your stuff, your album coming out, like what's it? What is it? What's it like? Like what's what genre uh, would you put it in? Uh, this you put this out, like this a album, album at one point. So yeah, I kind of keep things. Uh, I, I, that's the space I get to play where there's no rules. So I, like my last album was a, was a straight up third wave ska album, and I can I I can be the one that uh, understands that you know this is what has made my music completely unmarketable over the years but that's okay it's fine but this one is really kind of just like what i what i actually do which is like pop music with noisy parts and you know weird sounds and stuff like that Uh, yeah i would say way better to be unmarketable than to be unlistenable and you are definitely not unlistenable i I love your stuff and other people will too we my my finest my finest work is at the beginning of this podcast it, it is immaculate. For sure. For sure. It's really, it's really phenomenal. And thank you again for, for doing that for us. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, uh, you know, I'll just plug, uh, I would like to plug, uh, black lives matter. Um, it, it seems like we, uh, at, at time of recording, we just can't, we can't seem to go more than a month without something horrible happening. Um, that wow, Nate. Happen. Thanks. Thanks for high roading us. Jesus I know, right? Christ. Um, like, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, he does, he waits until we're done. I know. Like, he, why didn't he do that first so we could both be like, so I we know. also... Yeah. So we know it was going to be Jesus Christ. Jesus, dude. Might as well just put on our white robes at this point. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I'd still like to be president someday. <laughs> no, no. You can be racist and be a president. Oh, wait. That's right. You, yeah. You, pretty much exclusively. Great. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You're good. You're good. You're a white male. You're fine. You still got Oh, great. 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 Yeah. Great. Great. And then, yeah, otherwise, uh, as, as both of you were alluding to, um, we, we should all register to vote and vote. That, that's a good thing. Uh, very important to do. Participate in the system even when it sucks. Uh, yeah, and if you like this podcast, uh, why don't you subscribe, rate, and review us? Uh, give us five stars. You can write anything you want after you give us five stars. You can talk about how terrible I am as a person if you want. You don't know me, but you can make something up. But why five would stars. you? Why? Maybe. Why? Yeah, why would you? I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, if you uh, if you like our theme song, check out Mikey's work, MichaelJOConnor.bandcamp.com. Um, I'm sure you can pay him what you want in a lot of these circumstances, and maybe oh, you yeah. want to pay him like three times what he's asking because uh, he's a human being who creates art for your benefit. I don't ask anything. I've actually I realized I think I have made more albums than I've sold. Wow. I mean if that's that I mean but sense. that's. I, I, I've definitely produced uh, more books than I've sold, I think. So right. yeah, that's just what happens when you do art. <laughs> when you do things, right. Yeah, if you do things and you're not, uh, if you don't have Luca the ghost dog agent. Right. Um, mm-hmm. If you do things and don't stop, eventually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it really is hey. the, only re- the only requirement is that no one, no one has stopped me yet yeah. in 20 uh, years. To be fair, I did buy a t-shirt. I still have it. I just have it in my drawer right now, a um, T-Map shirt. It's when you and Sarah and Aaron had the, it's the red tuxedo pattern. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying I donated to your art. You're welcome. Yeah. No, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, don't make it weird now. <laughs> over, over a decade ago. I mean, what have, ah. you, what have you done for me lately? You want your six bucks back? <laughs> <laughs> it was 10. <laughs> well, uh, that's my cut. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, in, in, that case, in that case, then you get, you, you, <laughs> what's, what's 10 divided by three? Oh, man. <laughs> so three, so you want your 333 back? No, not at all. It was oh. well worth it. Okay, good. <laughs> that and the, the number of free admittance I got to about a billion house shows. That you did. I never made you one pair of mittens. Oh, and I okay. want to also address something that <laughs> Jared said the last time, and I think this is bullshit. I, Jared said that the last time I was here that I sounded like a horse, and I no, no, if you know if, <laughs> if you know anything about me, and and Jared, maybe you're wondering why that infuri- you know it infuriated me when you said that, uh-huh. and, and and you were very like not understanding, but I sound maybe the listeners can tell me I don't I sound nothing like a horse because I, because I am a human man. I also no, no, I, still, I agree. I, I, I would I would say I would say Mikey uh, an emphatic nay to the assertion <laughs> that you sound like a horse. Thank you. <laughs> I will. I still tell people to this day. I say my friend Mikey thinks, and I've 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 since adopted this belief. Uh, Mikey, I feel another reason he was upset is he does not like horses. He's never cared for them. Reason being, uh, they're full of themselves. They're and then I picture, yeah, I picture a horse just trotting around with his mane, like, look at me, I'm so pretty. And I get it, man, I get it. But I, I do want to say clarify. It. I do want to clarify something. What I said was not you sounded like a horse, okay? It was that you sounded uh, like a donkey. Oh, well, that, I mean, yeah. 
is okay. of course okay, working okay, man okay. a working man's uh I, I i have to say that that my 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 radicalization on the subject of horses is from my friend anton cedar who was my roommate and uh he instilled that belief in uh He's spreading. He's he's the progenitor of spreading that word of that horses are arrogant. Well, that's the thing here. Look, it's just it's an idea in action, and you're just yeah. watching it spread. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And and, and yet another thing it. that you should probably sue for is the Netflix series BoJack Horseman about an arrogant horse. We we did. It's yeah. we can't talk about it, uh, but it's definitely live in the works. I sometimes I feel, and this is just to Mikey. Um, sometimes I feel like maybe we should have lightened up on the absolute tidal wave of uh lawsuits that we kind of put out into the world i i we have not seen any money from it we're just losing money in our joint bank account that we have uh <laughs> we share a bed know, like man. the three stooges and have a joint yeah. bank account <laughs> i have to go out to santa rosa every night take the red eye, take the red eye yeah, I mean, the horse thing certainly did saddle you guys with a lot of legal fees. Hey, well, all right. All hey, right. you know, we all had a vague hey. idea about music this week, and that's a good thing because the devil is in the details. Bye-bye. Bye bye. But I don't. But I, it's like the. It's like uh, when Spider-Man. Spoilers. When Spider-Man dissolves at the end of Infinity War, and he says he's clutching Robert Downey Jr. and he says, "I don't want to go." And that's how I feel right now. A Vague Idea is written and produced by me, Nate Rivolia, Shannon Page, and sometimes John Paros. Information about topics often comes from Wikipedia, so hey, why not donate a bit to that? Sound effects are Creative Commons public domain. If you like this podcast, tell a few people, and subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. And if you happen to like reading science fiction, check out the small press I started with my friend Sean Golkowski. You can find Spaceboy books at readspaceboy.com.